This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of This Week in ITFC History. Yesterday, on the 16th of September 2018, Kevin Beatty sadly passed away, aged 64. The Beat, as he was affectionately known, was arguably one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, to pull on a town shirt. I'm the Renegade Stat Man, and with David Diamond over the course of the next hour or so, we hope to commemorate and celebrate the life and times of Kevin Beatty, a true Ipswich legend. Dave, I'm 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 still in shock. Would you mind sharing with the yeah, listeners? Yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit numb, really. I mean, we've got a um, let the cat out of the bag. The 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 lads, the lads that pre- that sort of present the uh, the podcast. That's like five of us: me, you, Ben, Joe, Stat, um, me, you, Ben, Joe, um, Rich, and um, Harry. Um, we, um, we were in part of a WhatsApp group, and I was just out yesterday afternoon, a lovely afternoon, with Mrs. D having a nice walk, as you do, and um, little ring on the phone, so I had a look, and it was from Mikey at like quarter past three, saying, just simply, Kevin Beatty's died, so you double take. I'd listened to him the day before, and, and other people have said it, and yeah, I'd listened to him on the day before on um, Mark Murphy's Life's a Pitch, and it seemed same old beat, you know. Um, so, yeah, incredible shock, really, and you don't really want to believe, think, okay, you wouldn't. Okay, he's only posting it out in the WhatsApp group. I thought well, he hasn't tweeted it, so I thought, well, you, you know, you never know. And although Mikey works for a sports agency, so you'd think it's good, you know, good source. And sure enough, you know, five minutes later, I'm getting a signal and I Google it, and um, yeah, it's it's just a real, real incredible shock. Um, obviously, uh, as as you know, and the 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 thing that Rich that Rich put the video to last night and some music to was absolutely brilliant. Was part of the. Um, an excerpt from the the sort of tribute or the I picked my favourite one to ten uh, players when in the first year of the pod, um, and obviously B he came out came out number one, um, and he he picked out a little excerpt of that, and that was um, yeah it was quite quite moving actually last night and got some really nice comments too, which was great. Um, well, I must admit when when I heard the news and it flashed up on my phone, very much the same as you, just you know I I, I was shocked. You know, to the extent that I'm, <clears throat> I'm walking around the house. You know, Mrs. Stats out in the garden, the children are upstairs, and I'm just walking around saying, I can't, I can't believe it. 
uh, you know, Kevin Kevin has passed away. And I think, like you said, the, the big shock, he's had some of his illnesses in the past, but I think, you know, the big shock was that he's been around the fan zone. He was there on the on the radio yesterday and stuff well, like that and seemed to be in reasonably good health. And quite often you'd be listening to Life's a Pitch uh, at the beginning of Life's a Pitch, you know, almost seemed to be, not every, quite every other week, but perhaps once a month or something. And Mark Murphy would say, oh, um, sorry, Beat's not here this week. He's laid up. He's back on the treatment table. And yeah. So I could have almost... Yeah, you know, when I heard that yesterday, you, you could almost re- relate back to the previous day and say, "Oh no, he wasn't there, was he?" You know, obviously, but he was there. You know, same yeah. old, same old with Tractor Boy, and um, you know, and, and you know, the usual doing the usual program. Well, I must say, I tuned in this morning. I know you were on there. You did a little bit, which was great this morning. <coughs> to Mark Murphy's show, and um, that was just brilliant. The tributes coming in, you know, from the ex-players, and obviously Mark Murphy himself, who was obviously very close to 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 beat after. Um, I don't know how long he's been up, been on the show. Certainly five years or more. Yeah, uh, I think. I mean, you, know, you have both been. Me and you have obviously been both both been on the show. I was. I remember I was on at the end of the very first year of the pod, um, and um, and he sort of walked in, and, and and I think he wasn't when when we still when we kicked the show off, he wasn't there. It was me, Mark Murphy was there, and me. I was doing my little bit about the pod and the old track. The boy. It was one of his last games. I think it might have been his last last episode before you know he left, and the new younger version came in. And all of a sudden, the door opens. It's can be. It's like, <laughs> and it's my hearing. Do you know what I mean? I still, even even now, it's, it's can be. And, I, and Mark, you know, introduced, you know, song came on. Introduced, oh, this is Dave. Does a pop. All right, Dave, you know. And um, oh, it's just, just brilliant, mate, chatting. As you know, you know, chatting when the records came on. And just, just I couldn't, mean, have been, couldn't have been nicer. To I, me, I your was, hero. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to, to be on the show to promote the, the book, My Favourite Game. And I, I went oh, on yeah. there and went into the studio. Uh, Mark Murphy was on holiday, so John Wright was presenting. And he said, oh, yeah. I'll come in. Straight away, sitting to my left, was, was Kevin Beatty. And I'm just kind of like in awe. First of all, I'm thinking, actually, I'm really nervous that I'm going to go on, on live radio and, and, and talk about something. Yeah. Plus, I'm doing it next to, you know, some guy that I just almost want to kind of scream like a little, you know, like a fangirl sort of thing, you know. And he, he was sitting there in between in between the, the, the music segments and stuff like that. And um, he was doing a crossword and he was saying, what do you think about five down, which was brilliant. But then at one point, John leaned across and he said, he said, would you mind um, giving <laughs> the, the beat a lift home? Oh, we didn't have that. to ask me twice. Yeah, so we, yep. we walked out at the end and he said, Where, where's your car? So I said, well, it's at the back of Radio Suffolk. And he went, oh, my knee's not going to be able to take that. So I had, I had to move my car so he could, he could get to a, a, a closer exit <laughs> to, to go out. And as we were driving back, and, he, you know, he lived up on the, the Chantry estate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he said, he said, can you, um, any chance you could just swing by the shops? I just need to pick something up by the shops. Yeah. And I was thinking, as, as I said on, <clears throat> on the radio this morning, I would have driven him to the moon and back. It was one of the greatest times. I'm driving. I want to almost say to people, I've got Kevin Beatty in the car. We went to yeah. the shops. He he went in, came out. We parked up outside his bungalow. And for no word of a lie, for half of an hour, he was in no rush. He was happy to answer every question I had about the team. Fantastic. I mean, I always used to see him. You know, I was from Chantry, born and, born and brought up in Chantry. And I think um, he initially lived, I believe it was a clubhouse um, on Royston Drive, which is just off Hawthorne Drive. And even now, but one of my men, I, I, I knew he still lived somewhere in Chantry, but one of my old school friends I bumped into a little while back. So, yeah, Kevy lives like four doors away from him in Wren Avenue, just off Robin Drive. So he still, still lives on Chantry. And I know when he was... Um, you know, when he was first at the club, he was in Diggs, just in a, a place called, um, in a row called Red Wing Close, just around the back of where I live. You know, so he always used to see him out and around, and you know, just used to give 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 kids a wave and stuff like that. Just, and and you know, the very early days, um, 
me and me and my mates used to you know school holidays and stuff you could go down and go when they used to train on the old where the where the field turf is now which was the old muddy practice pitch you'd remember that well yeah. no secure you could just walk in the ground you'd wander around the ground and we used to we used to watch him train and get their autographs and it always it always be there and sometimes you used to get a ball and kick around with it's only about like 10 something like that just brilliant mate super I, I think it, what I remember about that, Dave, is um, going down there and seeing some of the players. You, I think was it they 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 played with the Minerva football or whatever, and they used to practice with that. And I'm fairly certain that accidentally one one time when me and my mates went down there, that one of us, not me, I hasten to take add, one, take home, accidentally got stuck in their bag and we and we we took it. Um, so great memories of of the B. And one thing. If if you normally watch this, listen to and watch and listen to this show, we tend to pick four games. We go into them in in a, in a bit of detail about a game that's happened this week in ITFC history. If yeah. we did it with the Beats' greatest games, we'd be here for three weeks. So I thought we'd we'd do it a little bit different. Um, I've got some uh, tweets that have come in from people around the sport and world, and then we'll look at his early career. And then basically, I'm just going to sit back, Dave, and you can come up with every superlative about how how great he was. Yeah. Um, the, the Carlisle United chairman, Andrew Jenkins, is, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning oh, wow. that obviously, you know, he, he was Carlisle born. Yeah. Uh, he said that the major part of Kevin's life and career was with Ipswich Town, but Carlisle United were, were never too far from his thoughts. Keith Deller. Well, apparently, just just coming back yeah. to that stat, what I remember, um, what I heard today was love, and I think I've read it in his book before. He had three, he had three ambitions in football. One, to play for England. Two, to playing the cup final at Wembley with Ipswich and three to play at Carlisle with Ipswich and he achieved yeah. all three. Well, I tell you what, that, that's a great achievement. Uh, Keith Deller, uh, former world darts champion and, and, and local ball boy. Ball boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ball Didn't boy. It? Yeah. Um, he, he said, uh, uh, in my opinion, the greatest Ipswich town player of all time. Kevin used to pick me up when I was a ball boy. <laughs> Such a lovely man. My thoughts and prayers are with <laughs> Kevin's family and friends. Matt Holland said, you know, he was one of the greatest players of all time. Paul Mariner, uh, he tweeted last night, just landed in Boston from L.A. and was greeted with the news. I'm so shocked. He was the first player to greet me. Gary Stevens, who played for, for England and obviously was involved with, with Ipswich as, as well as a, as a yeah, youngster. Yeah, the Brighton, the Brighton and yep. Spurs, Gary Stevens, yep. yeah. Kevin Beatty was a giant of a player. Uh, so sad to hear of his re recent death. Uh, Simon Milton, uh, Ipswich royalty at his yeah. best. Taken that, yeah. too soon. Yeah. Um, Alan Brazil, I like this one. He said... Um, Kevin Beatty, he could sprint like Usain Bolt. He had springs in his heels and a cannon of a left foot. What a player and what a character. Uh, Jason DeVos, obviously a captain much longer after, you know, after um, Beatty's time, said he was a legend on and off the pitch. And he always gave his time to speak with young players at the club to pass on his knowledge. Peter Shilton said he was one of the, uh, it was a terrific player and the, one of the best players of his generation. Uh, John Walk, uh, he was the best player at the club. In my time, he had the lot, strength, pace. He was best in the air. He could hammer a ball. We called him Monster, and that yeah. is what he was, a monster of a player. I think, I there think was Mills, no one Mick, better. Mick, Mick Mill said much the same, didn't he? Well, funny enough, Gordon Hill, who played for Manchester yeah. United, yeah. also said, um, uh, it saddens to, for me to hear that a good friend and fellow pro has passed away, as we knew him as the Monster. Yeah. Monster, he puts in brackets. What Very a true good. gentleman and a fantastic centre-half. And I'm just going to finish with, with Ray Clements. Uh, what sad news to hear the passing of it, uh, Ipswich's legend, Kevin Beattie, a great player and character. Thoughts think, are with him. 
another great one I heard the day was from Terry Butcher, which I thought was just brilliant that summed it all up because obviously he effectively replaced Beatty. Um, ultimately, when Beatty retired, but when he said when he first broke in the team, obviously he wanted to play every game, but he was never disappointed if he didn't play because that meant Beatty was fit, so he could actually sit close by and watch him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And watch him play. And he said that was just a, just an honour and a privilege to be to be able to see him in quite in those close quarters. I mean. That's just incredible, isn't it? He, uh, I, I mean, I agree with, um, uh, you know, what Walk said. What he, for me, he, he, he could, to, to really pare it down, um, he could kick the ball harder and with his left foot, he could kick the ball harder and further than anyone I think I've seen with his left foot. You know, he could, I think Robson said in his book, he could deliver a pass, change from left to right, 60-yard ball, as Robson said, it could change the course of a game. Not, yeah. no one, not many players can do that. Um um, he could probably head the ball harder and faster and jump higher than I've ever seen anyone. And and he said, you know, someone said about Usain Bolt, yeah, arguably, certainly the quickest, certainly the quickest defender I've ever seen. All right, you may have seen perhaps comparable wingers and stuff like that are lightning, but he just, I mean, all three, just, he just had the lot. Absolutely had the lot. Incredible. Dave, uh, Van Dyke, how much did he go for? 77 million? 75 million. So 75 he's a million. He's a You're talking about Beatty there. <laughs> where? where? He sounds far better than any right. player that I've seen in the Premier League. How well, much you would can, he be money worth? can buy him today. Well, money could, but no one here could buy him. Who could buy him? He'd be playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona. He, he would. I mean, you know, think of the centre halves that's gone there. John John Woodgate, centre halves like that. Just no comparison whatsoever. And it's oh, it's not a shame because I say it's a shame. He would be now. He'd be a multi-millionaire. There's no there's no question about that. And we've all read about his. You know, sad. You know, financial struggles, and which a lot of it obviously was brought on by his, um, you know, his his injury and and you know struggling to cope with that. I mean, Christ, Statty, he retired at what 28. You know, 28. in his prime, not even in his prime, probably because wasn't you know. Um, so to you know to cope with to cope with that, how he did, I think it says a lot about the man, and we all know about his, you know, his recent life where he's he's basically been a carer for his his, his wheelchair bound wife. So yeah, am, am, amazing. And I, I think at that point, we, we obviously, you know, send our best wishes to, to Maggie and, and, and her family, um, yeah. you know, There's, and just just to catch just to recap, there is there is no one I can I've never seen any anyone like him. <laughs> never. So if we if we go back to December 1953, um, a, a young Thomas Kevin Beatty was. Yeah, because Kevin was born wasn't his first name, was it? No, he's Tom oh. Thomas. Yeah. Named after his his father, I think. Seems and so. Seems so, yeah. And at some point in 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 his life, he he, he became Kevin. Um, it's fair to say that he had quite a difficult upbringing. I think so. I think he was one of a a, a lot. I want to say perhaps eight brothers and eight siblings, eight brothers and sisters. I think so. Yeah. And I think you know if if you read his book and they're looking over to his book as you as, you know as you read his book, I think you know money was very scarce, as we know as we'll come on to in a minute of how we arrived at Ipswich. And apparently, you know, according to the book, you know, he used to go a couple of days without food and, and yeah. unless his dad had a win on the dominoes at, the, at his local working men's club or something, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was really, really tough, yeah. I think one thing that he did have going for him, though, was all of those attributes that you'd mentioned earlier. Um, so when he was a, a young lad playing football, he yeah. probably stood out from... A lot of the other smaller, skinnier, skinnier lads. And interestingly, he he started his career playing um, in goal. He was kind of, you know, his dad uh, was quite a good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. But I think um, at one point uh, they looked at him and thought, hang on a minute. 
Look at the power and the pace that they let's stick him up front. So yeah. at 14 years of age, he was playing for a local pub team, which always makes me laugh. Cause I look at 14 year olds now and think of them on a, in yeah, the I SIL know. or, yeah, you know, um, yeah. it, he fitted in there well. Um, and at one point, and it'd be great if you could tell us the story at, at one point, he has a conversation with what was England's biggest club, one of England's biggest clubs. Well, at the it was, time. you know, at the time. So you're talking just just coming out to the Liverpool glory time, really. So late six, so 69, 70, just coming into the real, you know, Bill Shankly. Um, well, we all know we all know what happened. Rest of the, you know, pretty much most of the 70s and early 80s with Liverpool. But he was offered a trial. He was spotted initially by Liverpool and was offered a trial by Liverpool and um, was told to, you know, get on the train at Carlisle or change wherever he had to. But anyway, get to get to Lime Street um, and then, you know, um, he got to Lime Street and there was no one there to, no one there to take him to either it be Anfield or I think Melwood, isn't it? Melwood's a Liverpool training ground. No one there. So he thought, okay, um, he was like 15. So he just jumped back on the train and legend has it that Shankly, obviously the great Liverpool manager, Bill Shankly heard that and said, well, you know, no matter how promising he is, if he can't be, hasn't got the initiative to get himself from Lime Street to wherever he's got to be then, we're better off without him sort of thing. Um, and uh, I will say now, you know, I, uh, years later, I know he played in the, I mean, what an honour to play in that, the Bill Shankly testimonial. And I think, I think he went up with Mel Henderson. I read that in his, in, in his book. Um, I think actually Mel Henderson may have, may have put that out last night, actually. And, um, and famously Shankly met him and said, son, I haven't made many mistakes in football, but that was obviously one of my regrets, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I read that story, but I, I think, you know, uh, there's a couple of things that stand out. First of all, sending a 15-year-old on the on the train who's lived yeah. in Carlo suddenly to, yeah. to Liverpool. He, he apparently he only had a brown paper bag with with his boots in there. But what I heard a little bit later was that Shankly then did a little bit of investigation because you're right. He got a letter home basically saying you didn't turn up, so your chance is, is gone. Yeah. But I think Shankly he he did a bit of investigating after, right. and a scout was meant to to be there to, to actually oh, pick really? him up. Oh, seriously? And just didn't make it? Didn't turn up. So, BT, wow. uh, he kind of, as you would do as a 15-year-old, sometimes thinking, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to head you know, home. That's that's like Ipswich sliding door moment, isn't it? Then? Exactly. Wow. So, I, didn't, I didn't quite know that. I didn't appreciate yeah. that. But And then, obviously, he was spotted by um, by Ipswich. He was spotted. We had a, a, a scout in the northeast, northwest, called John Carruthers, who I think he was he was also um, involved. I think Russell Osman, Eric Gates, Robin Turner, Steve McCall, um, you know, players like that who all, all became you know first team players, um, great players. Um, um, I think spotted him, recommended him, and he was brought down to Ipswich to play in a youth game at Fulham. Um, again, 1970, so it would have been 16, 15, 16, I think. And different to that is I think Ron Gray, the old Ipswich um, old Ipswich scout, apparently met him. And actually, <laughs> and actually, apparently, had heard about what happened with him at Liverpool. Uh, by all accounts, um, booked him in a hotel in London before the game, the night, the night before the game, and actually sort of slept in a chair in his hotel room to make sure he didn't go anywhere. That's that's what legend has it. Anyway, apparently, he plays the game the next day, and um, again, there was a little excerpt from Ron Gray on the radio. Yes, yeah. again, he's passed away some years ago. Um, who basically said, you know, the game, the game ended, and as I rang the boss, I said, boss, I've just seen this kid. We've got to sign him. You know, he, he, he can pass a ball 50, he's 15, he's got the physique of a ball, he can pass the ball 50 yards, and he can head the ball further, better than anyone I've ever seen. We simply got to sign him, and the rest is history. Yeah, then he turns up at Portman Road, apparently, with his boots in a, 
Uh, well, it may have been then actually turned up for the game with his boots in a in a in a brown paper bag, and that was it. The rest is history. He came. Um, I think 1970. I think he signed signed as a professional. I think in 1970. Um, and yeah, the rest is absolutely well. Yeah, that was the beginning of it, really. Yeah. Do you, do you think well, Bobby Robson, sorry. I think, got the contract very quickly? I think he realised if Liverpool had stood around a bit too much about that, that there was no one to pick BE up, then he might have been back off to, to, to Liverpool. Oh, but I think so, no, yeah. I think, you know, Rob, Robson was like, here's a contract, sign it. And I think at, at that point, hmm. Beatty was still still playing up front. I think they played the game, I was reading his book, they played Cambridge United, yeah, and he got home and said, uh, yeah, how, they won 6 0, and they said, how many did you score? <laughs> All of them. Six, yeah. He scored, yeah. Yeah. He was, you um, know, a, a great player. Um, he, he obviously, you know, made his debut at Baptism of Fire at, at Old Trafford. Um, if you read the, the Ipswich Town book, Match of My Life, he, he played 307 times for it for Ipswich, but I always think it's great that Match of My Life was his debut. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's, it's great great to read. And I think what I picked out from it was that Bobby Robson was fantastic and that he didn't tell him until very late that he was actually going to be involved in, in the side. Do you remember who he must have came in for? Um, I, I would assume Derek. Um, I don't. I'm not Colin Harper. I guess he played left yeah, back. I, left I back. Think he, he, played, play, yeah. he certainly played left back. So I guess. Um, well, I think I know Jefferson, Derek Jefferson, and Alan Hunter would have played. Um, would have played centre backs. Um, funny enough, which is we we covered one of these early games which he didn't play last week. I think which is Stoke one, wasn't it? The yeah. Stoke game on a previous pod. Um, so yeah, he played left back. But again, you know, putting in the context, he's playing Man United at Old Trafford. Um, three what four years okay the great side just about coming to an end after they won the european cup yeah. but he still came up against the they call him the holy trinity um dennis law bobby charlton and george best so arguably probably playing left back he'd have been up against george best probably yeah 18 years old 18. town went on town went on to win the game 2-1 with think, uh and assist, Hamilton. I, think, I think he got an assist he may have even got a couple of assists yeah. in the game yeah um, great story yeah so I and I was very fortunate enough, and I count myself fortunate enough. I saw his very first home game. I was there as a ten-year-old the next Tuesday. Um, I, hate, I hate to say this, it was a very first top-flight game against Norwich. Very first game that they played in the highest level against Norwich, and yeah, it was his home debut. And unfortunately, they did a number on us and beat us two-one. Yeah, but we had a great start that season. No, I think, yeah, we know, did. That, I mean, that, that was, was the only blip. That was the first great season under Robson when we qualified for Europe. Again, as I said last week, the 72-73 season. Um, and yeah, he was pretty much in at left back. And I think Robson could see he was never going to he was never going to play him at left back once Harper was fit. Harper was a quality left back. He had Mills at right back. Obviously, he had Alan Hunter cast in stone as the other centre half. And then um, he let so I think about half a dozen games in, seven or eight games in, um, he let Derek Jefferson go to sold him to to um, Wolves and um, that famous beaty. Hunter partnership was was born. Um, bacon and eggs. Well, he obviously did well that season because it was the first time that the supporters had their annual Player of the Year award. And Harry you know, Rose Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, Harry's Rose Bowl, and he well, he made 37 starts that season. Uh, scored exactly. for in the league five goals. He, he played 11 <coughs> games, um, so in totally made he made 48 appearances, and he walked off with the the first uh, Player of the Year award. And I think that that's quite quite you know a fitting tribute to to bt yeah you could see him it was a, it was a great young side building around him so you know we um uh, well i would go on to say you know after about three months of that season he got his first international call up so he played his first england under 23 game they played in um i think they played against wales a one three nil that was his first sort of international call up 
So this is under 23, no under 21s then. You went under 23s. Um, okay, I think it was England youth, which is something totally separate. So he was an 18-year-old playing in an England under 23. Um, and they did not give caps away willy-nilly in those days. Believe me, they didn't. Um, so that's, you know, that's just incredible, um, you know, incredible in itself. And then, obviously, the, the great Ipswich side started to, started to flourish. I think he pretty much made his England debut under 23s with Trevor Weimark. And then later on in the season, we signed David Johnson. So there were times that season, I'm pretty sure, England under 23 included um, Beatty, Weimark and Johnson in the same team. So yeah. Amazing. Ab- absolutely fantastic. They, he was likened to a, uh, it was like a young Duncan Edwards and, and, and yeah. Bobby Moore when he first came on the scene. Very much. I think Duncan Edwards was always, was always the player. Obviously died sadly in the Munich air crash. One of the Busby babes, um, probably the, the leading player of the Busby babes who everyone said if, if Duncan, Duncan Edwards had lived, probably Bobby Moore might not have played for England, let alone, you yeah. know, although Duncan Edwards could have played in midfield, perhaps. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what I think the power. And you, you see old black and grainy black and white shots of Duncan Edwards, and yeah, great similarities. You know, broad, powerful. Um, yeah, could virtually win a game on his own, and 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 yeah, but he was the same. He, uh, if we go into his, his second season, 73, 74, and I know this is one of one of your your favourite seasons. Um, I think he was only one of two players to uh, play in every league match. He played 42 matches in the league. Never, never missed. Yeah, yeah, early, didn't he? Him, him, and, him and Mills, possibly, I think. Um, 15 <laughs> uh, cup matches in total. So he, he played 57 matches that season and, again, walked off with the, the Harwich Rose Bowl as the Supporters Player of the Year. But also, this was the inaugural, uh, the inaugural award for the, the young, the PFA's Young Player of the Year, and he won that. Yeah, just yeah, go down and if, if, if you're not quite sure, you know, if, if, if you're younger and, and Dave was very, very lucky to to see Beatty in, in, in yeah. his prime. I, I was, uh, you know, younger than you. So Kevin Beatty was always coming back from injury. And I always remember Beatty is back. Beatty yeah, is that's back. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. But if you're a younger yeah. player, a younger fan, just go and have a look at the PFA Young Player of the Year list. And go and look at Dan, some of the players that have won it, and it will put it into yeah. context of how Impressive. well he was thought of. Oh, he was just just incredible. I mean, that season, I remember a cup game. We played um, Sheffield United in the cup, third or fourth round, could have been third round at Portman Road. <coughs> and, you know, we were, you know, 73, 74, so second season, first season into Europe under Robson. And, um, yeah, really, you know, this is a season. We had a great season. If you're, we can win something. We can go on and win something here. Ultimately, we didn't. But I remember playing the Cup, um, Sheffield United at Portman Road. 2-1 down, um, not playing well at all. Coming up to half-time. Corner comes in. I think Mick Lambert keeps, takes a corner. About 10 yards out, beat. He jumps higher than everyone. Powers one in the top corner. A minute later, same. Same. Yeah. Corner comes in again. So they're probably double marking him by now. Gets up. Powers one in the other top corner. So from 2-1 at half-time to 3-2 up. Bit of a different complexion. I think we went on to win that game. Ultimately, got knocked out. I think at Chelsea that season, something like that. But um, yeah, just the the power of the man was just um, was just incredible. Uh, yeah, 74, 75. He he played uh, 52 matches. Um, in, in this total. was the, this, this was the season stat. This this was the one where um, I know I've said this before. Banged on where Ipswich had it been three points for a win, we'd have won the league. Or you're, yeah. you know said it before. Um, and, you know, he established himself. But, the, again, he, he just picked up injuries in, in sort of little crucial games. I think he missed, um, well, obviously, um, 
John Walk came in for him in one of the cup replays against Leeds, made his yeah, debut yeah. as a 17 year old because he was injured. And I remember going to the cup semi final at Villa Park, the first game against West Ham, where we drew 0 0. He got cropped first half and he ended up limping around up front because it was made the sub and he ended up limping around up front, you know, and still looked likely to. Um, and still look likely to likely to score. Pretty sure he missed, yeah, because Walt played the replay. Couldn't play, couldn't play him a cup replay that year. And obviously we got beat. But that was really the start of it, Stat. He um I believe that season. He made his England debut that season, 74, did, yeah. 75. Um quite a well known game. Um not albeit not opposition. They played Cyprus in a I think it was European qualifier. Uh, famously won five nil. McDonald scored all five. And I think Beatty actually, as his debut at Wembley, had a goal disallowed. In the away game is when I think, I believe, he picked up his first injury, which was the following, like, autumn. So still 1975. So, again, that season, he plays um, he plays the famous game against Scotland at Wembley when he scores his only England goal, which is, well, you, you talk people through that. It was just incredible goal, wasn't it? Well, Playing at left back. Yeah, I mean... It's his only goal, but I think we were talking about it yesterday, David. It's, it's the goal that's probably been shown the most times. An England goal that's probably been much shown. One of them in um, the 70s. They didn't yeah. score that many. <laughs> didn't have that much success. I, I kind of think I'm going to I'm kind of going to do a disservice to it. So, you know, jump in at some point. There is a couple of things that stand out in this. First of all is Kevin Keegan. He finds himself out wide right, probably in, in front of where the, the, um, the dugouts are. Um, one thing that you've you've got to watch about this, um, and it, it cracks me up, is that when Keegan is going down the down the wing, look at the linesman. The linesman right. is about six feet. No, he's six feet on the pitch. I thought. <laughs> I wondered who he was. He, he's running down. You watch him, and um, he's not Scottish. You know, he's not trying to trip him up, is he? Well, maybe it could be. <laughs> you've, you've got to watch that. But you know, Keegan plays this this great ball in. Beatty has run. What what do you reckon? Seventy yards. Oh, don't forget. So he's playing left back. So when yeah. he first played, he never for England, he never plays centre. This is in, this is mind boggling. He never yeah. plays centre half. So they've got to find a place for him in the team because to be fair, they had Dave Watson, the old rugged Man City, Sunderland, Southampton centre half, and Colin Todd. And Colin Todd was a good player. Colin Todd was a very good player. Not in, nowhere near in Beatty's class, but yeah. So he Revy at first preferred those two, and obviously Beatty, um, you know, Beatty just played at you know Beatty just played at left back. But yeah, you're right. He made 60 yards, out jumps the centre half. Can't quite, it could have been Bobby Moncur, the old, I can't remember quite who it was. Yeah. And obviously, it was a Scottish goalkeeper in those days, a much maligned Scottish goalkeeper. I think it was Stuart Kennedy, I think his name was. And the ball like just loops in, but it's just ridiculous goal. You know, he's run 70 yards, you're right. And he's still, look how high he jumps again, you know. Uh, um, unbelievable. I mean, the other thing, 74, 75, I mean, I, I know that you're talking about that he, he missed the, the Leeds uh, replay and stuff like that. Still played 15 cup matches that season. Incredible. You know, obviously. But do you know what's that? And 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 this is this is a really good point I think you made about his early career and the um, and the um, the appearances he's made. Um, I mean, Portman Road was always a lovely pitch, but Christ, some of the pitches they played on back then. You, you know, you, you know, you've seen pictures of the baseball ground, but yeah, Christ, they yeah. were playing in ankle deep mud. You know, and most pitches. I mean, Portman Road used to cut up like that in the winter. They just did. Didn't have yeah. the technology for pitches now. So, you know, no matter what sort of physique he had and how he played the game, you know, the, the power and the effort he put into the game, although it, the game came easy to him, that must have caught up with it. As, as, as we know about sports science and stuff now, you know, uh, he was probably, all right, 18, he looked a man at 18. He's still yeah. developing at 18. You're still developing. Yeah. So that must have had a bearing on his, on I mean, his future. Yeah, Fitness. I mean, 
you have touched upon it because, like you say, this is when the the injuries kind of this is this is the start of the injuries. And then he he's he, he first... picked it up. Apparently, he picked it up against Cyprus in the away game. That's the first time he sort of like tweaked and had a yeah. got I think got a bang and twisted his knee. That was and I think he may have even had his first operation late '75, perhaps. He was with us for for nine seasons, and if you look at his appearances or his starts in the league in the first three seasons, if you look at his starts, uh, a far yeah yeah Uh, they're far higher than his last six seasons. So you're getting on to seventy four, seventy five. How many seventy five, seventy six? What was his appearances? Twenty nine. So he 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 dropped down. That was that was his his lowest. Um, Only seven in the cup, obviously. So that that was thirty six. You go to seventy six, seventy seven. He's then down to 30. So, again, he, he he's missing a, a, a quarter well, so and, of the and again, season. So, 70, so, let me just say, 76, 77, arguably one of his... Well, two things about that season. Arguably one of his greatest ever goals. And it's probably his most shown Ipswich goal, which was the, yeah. <laughs> the ridiculous shot against um, West Brom. Yeah. Where um, John Osborne, I know, old goalkeeper, was in goal, which did actually... One, it nearly took his head off. And two, nearly ripped the net out, didn't it? North Stand yeah. end, just... If you, if anyone who hasn't seen it, you know, YouTube this goal. Well, Ipswich they score seven. It's not even the no. best goal of the game. Was why marks is when he plays a one-two with Mariner. But for sheer power and velocity of shot, it's just unbelievable. If, if but, you want to see it, if you want to see it, Dave, I, I shared it yesterday with the, yeah. sort of like the tribute and stuff. And it is a great. It's one of the greatest goals ever. The, the, he's like an ox. He's he's like a, <laughs> he's like a bull. Just that, and, and, and lo, loads of people <coughs> will. will we're liking him to various different strong, fast animals. Right, you got to watch it. He's well, just un- well, he, scores, he scores a better one. He scores a better one. Um, after West Ham beat us in that cup semi-final, I was just talking about when we we're robbed by Clive Thomas. Yeah. Um, our last game of the season that season, so we we just lose the league as well, was against West Ham at Portman Road. I think we win four nil, four one. I think we win, and he scores a goal in that game. Uh, you can see it on YouTube. But bizarrely, I know it's seventy-four, so it's nineteen seventy-five. It's in black and white. Don't know. Don't ask me. It was a, it was one of the main ga- it was one of the main games on match yeah. today, and he picks up the ball virtually just in the West Ham half, turns, and he just runs in a straight line. He runs yeah. in a straight line, and defenders are just bouncing off him. Seriously, it just gets you know gets to the you know gets to the box and just just absolutely slams it in. And I think Barry Davis is um is commentating. I think it might have been one that Rich put out actually yesterday. And Barry Davis says, "Oh, you know, look at the pace, look at the power, and that yeah. sort of." Summed him up beautifully. But do you think that the, the closest that a, a town player has ever come to scoring a goal like that was Titus Bramble's famous rampage against Sunderland? Sunderland that's where, a where very he... good. That's that's yeah. probably the closest. Yeah, that's yeah. a good shout. That's really yeah. for a centre half. They're very good shout actually. Yeah. Yeah. But crucially, 76-77 again. We're going for the league again with I think Liverpool. I think Man City had a really good season that year. I think we finished there. Just got pipped by two points. We're winning. We're going to win the league that season, yeah. no doubt. Good Friday, I think. No, Good Friday is Easter Saturday. I think over the Easter weekend, we've got. I remember I went to the game. We got Birmingham City at home on the east on the Easter Monday, I think it was, or could have been East. Anyway, over that weekend, we've got six games left. We're in the driving seat. Everyone's fit. Beatty's fit. Happy days. And it's the famous incident where play against Birmingham. I think we win one nil. Birchin, I believe, scores some memory. But he's not there. But he's not there. Oh, oh, perhaps. Perhaps, you know, it's Birmingham, you know, always back to roll them over, they're saving Beatty yeah. for the next game. And then, of course, the story breaks, no social media, the story breaks in the evening star, probably not till the Monday or whenever yeah. it was. Um, oh, Beatty's in, in hospital with third degree burns to his neck, face, arms. And, you know, he's he's having a bonfire in his garden and he's throwing petrol on it to liven yeah. it up. And, yeah. You know, um, and as Robson said at the time, Robson, he said, he said, you know, absolutely, as you said about Gascoigne, 
daft as a brush. Yeah. You know, he's done that. Obviously, very frustrated because he knows ultimately it's cost us the ultimately is and did cost us the league. You know, again. Yeah, very, very, yeah, very sad story that was. Now, now you come to um, 1977-78, and you know most Ipswich Town fans, you know, <clears throat> greatest season certainly up there with with 80-81, and and for those fans who, who are younger, 91-92 or 99-2000. But in in 1977-78, Dave, he only made 14 league starts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, you know, that's when the injuries really started to kick in. And I think, I think, I believe they wheeled him out, wheeled him out. Robson got him to play, um against Barcelona in the 3-0 game. Um, must have been about November 77, yeah. um, when he probably shouldn't have done. Um, anyway, played him. Obviously, we won 3-0. He wasn't fit for the away leg. We lose 3-0. Go out on away goals or penalties it could have been. Can't quite remember that one. Um, he doesn't play again, I'm pretty sure, till Hartlepool at home in the FA Cup fourth round. Um, so that's, you know, again, so he's missing two or three months there. Yeah. And then he's... And then he's um, and then it's sporadic. He doesn't certainly doesn't play in the cup again till the semi-final at um, at Highbury. And incredibly, and I think someone said we had this conversation yesterday about oh, is he a bit like back in those days, Paul McGrath, Ledley King, where they just wheel him out. And certainly, probably for the cup semi-final, yeah. he was up, him and Alan Hunter was up, was he was our best player. <laughs> it's just just ridiculous, you know, against against the much vaunted West Brom, Cyril Regis, Laurie Cunningham, you know, the great, you know, really good West Brom side under under Atkinson. Um, he never, you know, never gave Regis between them, never gave him a kick. Do you think that, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about how Bobby Robson managed BT's career. Um, you know, he had a, a number of injections and stuff you read in, in, in his books and stuff like that. He, he clearly wanted to, to use Kevin Beatty in the big games. He was his star player and stuff like that. What, what sort of impact do you think that had on his, his career after that? Oh, I think it had a, a, a big impact, really. I mean, clearly... Robson and Beatty had that relationship, almost a father and son relationship, where he re- Robson realised from really early early days that he had 
well, a, a, a gem on his hands. He's calling him the diamond, and he a gem on his hands, and and rightly so. But I think yes, he was he was not forced to play, but he he, he obviously played. And again, because of the size of our squad in those days, you know, he, they needed him because he because he was far and away our best player. They needed him out there for those you know for those big games. Yeah. Um, and then what you know, once you get into his injuries, um, clearly I think he was pretty unlucky. I think he had a um, the guy, there was a really world-renowned guy based in Cambridge called David Dandy, because I, I know because I've had a um, keyhole surgery on my knee and stuff, so I know of the guy, who um, basically pioneered keyhole surgery, knee arthroscopy, keyhole surgery. And I think George Burley was the first, one of the first, back in, what, 1980-81, early 81, to have that operation, and which basically saved Burley's career. And we all know Burley went on to play, what, 500 games for Ipswich yeah. and Sunderland and Um <clears throat> So BE, I think... Had a had a, um, one of his first operations, I think, was completely cocked up by all accounts, and then didn't see this this Mr. Dandy, this this consultant, until till it was basically too late. Who said, "Look, if you'd have come to me a couple of years ago, uh, sadly, I could have given you another ten years of your career." But obviously, it had gone, you know, scar tissue and stuff. It had just gone on, um, gone on, and just degenerated to such a point that um, in '77, '78, they just used to have to wheel him, you know, rest and then wheel him out for the for the big games. I mean, certainly the semi-final and then we come to the, the you know, the cup final where, um, ironically, I think it was Hunter that was more doubtful. Um, but Hunter obviously came for a morning fitness test. But again, I think Beatty, so we understand, played in the cup final with injections in his knee before and at half time. And I think he openly says, you know, after the game, for the, his knee swelled up like a like a balloon, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what, do you want to tell us a little bit about your memories of him in the... In the cup final, again, you know, you just didn't give him. And I think they're again, you know, Arsenal, decent side. You know, yeah. we were very much the underdogs. Um, again, through injury and well, probably again. Look at look at that. Beatty again missed most of the season, so we're struggling to stay up. We don't really, we're not really. I think even after we win the FA Cup semi final, we're still not certain of our first division place. You know, place yeah. in the top division. Yeah. We get fortune, we get clear of that before the cup final, and we're playing Arsenal, and Arsenal were, you know. Again, attack-wise, Alan Sunderland went on to play for town, but Frank Stapleton and Malcolm McDonald, who arguably back in those days were as good as any front two. You know, yeah. McDonald, powerful, Stapleton, great in the air. And again, on the day, you know, Beatty and, you know, Hunter and Beatty, Hunter cleared, but Hunter and Beatty just bossed them, hardly just did not give them a kick. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, just brilliant. And, you know, we all seen pictures of him afterwards, you know, smoking fags as they're going around, you know. You just wouldn't see that now. No. And that was typical, and that was typical him, really. But, you know, again, you know, fantastic and great to see us win the cup. But, you know, you could then see that, he, not that I ever, even, even whenever he came back, whenever, my, my memory of it is that, whenever he came back from these injuries, you still would never said, oh, he's lost a bit. Oh, he can't yeah. jump so high. Oh, he's lost a bit of fit. I mean, not, not a bit of fitness. Oh, he's not so quick. Because he yeah. was. Yeah. It's incredible. He was. Um, well, if, if, we to, if we go to 78, 79, so we just won the, the FA Cup. Um, he actually makes more league starts in 78, 79. He, he makes 19, um, seven, uh, seven appearances in, in the cup. But yeah, we're now, we're now dropping, you know, to 26 matches well, again, in a season. Again, 78, 79, one of his famous goals, I think it was not a match of the day, a match of the week where he scores, I think December 78, scores against Leeds from his own half, where obviously clearly overhits a free kick. But yeah. that's the power of the guy, like sails in over the keeper's head from, well, in his own half, for Christ's yeah. sake. You know, maybe a little bit wind-assisted, but yeah, that was one of his uh, more well Do you remember goals. that? 
he, he he does that kind of great celebration where so I think going, he kind of looks at the the, the dugout and might say, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to put it in. Just trying to put lot, it in an area. A lot of people have requested that 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 goal on Twitter and they they want to see it. But I think you know the one thing when I keep seeing, it, I think the Leeds keep as much as it was great that he could kick it from the halfway oh, line. The, the Leeds keep had a bit on there. Oh, his position is yeah. David Harvey. His yeah. position's terrible. So um, 79, <laughs> 80. Yeah. Um, this is where you know only ten league starts at the, this point. Um, only only two in the cup. So he only I, played twelve matches. I was fortunate enough. So three games he played this season. This is how yeah. he was. So three games he played this season. He played Man City at home. We won four nil. He played Everton away. We won four nil. He played Man. He played Man United at home. We won six nil. Yeah. Ironically, he misses two penalties. He misses does, one and yeah. one's retaken. Yeah. He misses two penalties. However, the very next next week. After that Man U game, we're flying at this stage. We're absolutely flying. We'd have a terrible start to the season, but we're winning. Go- Obviously, Man U ultimately only missed out on the title by about three points. We just yeah. turned them over 6-0. Ultimately, we finished third. The very next week, we play a cup quarterfinal away at Everton. Um, still to this day, the best atmosphere I've been in in any English club ground, any anywhere. It's about 48,000 in yeah. Goodison. And I know if you went back in those days, but the away fans, it was all fenced in and you're low. You're quite low behind the goal yeah. at one end. And the stands at Goodison, probably I haven't been there, have I been there since? Maybe once. They're just sheer stands up there, you know, like bloody, and you're all lying up there. And the noise around the ground, just like a cacophony around the ground. We're 2-0 down, not playing bad, but we just, I think Bob Latchford, Brian Kidd score with like 2-0 down. He comes on a sub. I think he comes on a sub for walk. So again, he's been out injured and, you know, yeah trots on his sub. Well, he's, he's played against Man U the week before, yeah. probably his knees buggered again. So he trots out a sub. We get a corner with about seven minutes to go. And I've never seen, right in front of the Ipswich fans, I think Gates takes a corner. Osman sort of flicks it on at the near post, but not. it's not one of those where he just gets his, shaves his head. He actually nods it in the air. I kid you not, from where I'm looking up, BE heads the ball down and his head is above the crossbar. He's jumped so high, his head is, uh, I'd say level, let's give him level, is level yeah. with the crossbar. He has to head the ball down in the net from above the bar. That's um, like um, a leaping like a super salmon or something <laughs> like that. That's just incredible. Just, just nuts, mate. It's probably my favourite, probably my favourite ever beaty goal because it was just there in front of us and it's unbelievable. At me. And ultimately we lose 2-1, but yeah, that's check um, Checking the stats here, you're, you're right. Um, he, he does make two uh, substitute appearances in the cup that season so obviously that that happened yeah. then we moved to to 1980 81 which sadly is is his last season as a as an Ipswich Town player um he makes seven starts in the league scores one goal four starts in in cup competitions comes on as sub six times so I think this is now where we're kind of trying to eke out what Bobby Robson's trying to eke out what is left of of, of Kevin Beatty. um but for me, that that season, uh, 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 Mullet um, uh, on Twitter uh, shared yeah. with me his his free kick against Bohemians of Prague when he comes on as a substitute, <laughs> and what a belter! <laughs> I think that there's Ben. We coined a phrase with the um, we coined a, well, I said it earlier tonight. We coined a phrase with a podcast called Thunder Bastard. I mean, that would be that would be the def- def- definition of it. I think that goal. It rips. It's a churchman's end. I'm right again. I'm right yeah. behind that. Actually, rips it, doesn't he? Um, the, the thing I like about uh, about that goal also is that goes he, in. he when, when he was when he was younger he was kind of like um, I don't know what he was like as an individual but he had the sort of a 
not quite a George Best style, but he had the he had the long hair. Oh, yeah. He had the beard at some points. And if you yeah. look at this this game, he suddenly looks fresh faced. He's got a very very short haircut, you know, very smooth, and he absolutely fires it in. Um, fan, fantastic goal. But then I had if the, we, I had the privilege. I saw his last goal as well. His last goal was like February that year. They played uh, Wolves and won. I think they won three one. Andy Gray scored for Wolves. I think that day, and he scored again a header. Just again a far post header at Churchman's end, which I think was his last Ipswich goal. So again, they're just wheeling him out for games that season. Stat he plays, yeah. um, he plays away at St Etienne and the famous again. All these big results, he's there. Yeah. He plays yeah. in away games, four-one win at St Etienne. Don't think he barely from memory. I think he plays at home to Charlton in the cup. We win two-nil in the fifth round. Certainly doesn't play at Millwall. Um, yeah. And obviously he plays in the he plays um, sorry uh, not Millwall um, sixth round. Certainly doesn't play any of the two games against Forest. The yeah. away game of three-three or the one-nil at home. Um, but again, he's 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 back for the he's talisman. The he was a, he was a talisman that 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 season. Yeah. Now, if we talk about you know the big games and him being involved in the big games, there, there weren't many bigger. Well, actually, there, there were very big games in eighty eighty one. But one of the biggest games was the the FA Cup semi final at, at Villa Park against Manchester City. So I, I come, think I think Stat it just played. I think he played or he'd come on a sub for McCall in the UEFA Cup semi-final. So we played Cologne at home. Yeah. We've beaten them 1-0. And I think he comes on a sub for McCall. Um, and yeah. then in between that, then the next weekend is the um, is the game, the Villa Park game. And then, well, go on. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, I think he, he plays as left-back in this game, doesn't he? Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, yeah, Osmond and Butcher are playing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Osmond and Butcher, I mean... <laughs> You know, just mention <laughs> those three anyhow. In, 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 <laughs> Beatty, how Osman do we, we ever concede a goal? Yeah, yeah. Um, many. We, we might we could come to that later, but yeah. obviously he he picks up uh, an injury which is a, a, a broken arm. Do you remember much about the tackle and stuff? I do. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, going back to this game though, um, he's our biggest threat. We we don't play well in this game. I think you know the the sort of cracks are starting to sort of show a bit. I know we've been beaten by Arsenal at Easter and and oh God at Norwich, I think. <laughs> Um, a week before, and the cracks are starting to show a bit. But again, he's our best attacker. You watch a YouTube footage, he's only about three or four minutes of the game. He has a header. Again, he wins a header, cleared off the line by Hutchison, I think. He has another header, which he heads down so powerfully, one of those that bounces down over the bar. Yeah, nine times out of ten, that's yeah. in the net. We're through. Yeah, I seem to remember it. He got with a header, I believe, and Dave Bennett, a little wiry, you know, yeah. I don't know, ten stone wet through winger, sort of heads his arm and basically breaks his arm. Um, yeah. I think he wants to play on, but no, that's it. And he's, he, he's gone. So not only that, I think they were hoping, obviously, um, they were hoping not only he's going to play in the cup semi-final, but he gets through that. And they're, clearly they're going to get him on the pitch in Cologne. Ultimately, yeah. he doesn't play, obviously, because he can't, but we win that. But I think the sad, perhaps the sad thing is, and he said, I think it's the only time, one of the times he fell out with the manager was that he sort of almost pleaded with the manager. So, oh, you know, we got, I think back then... I, I don't know, many Could you use two subs in year about five? I can't quite remember. But I think he wanted the gaffer to put him on the bench so yeah. he could go up and get his medal. And, of course, and being professional, quite probably the correct decision, as Robson said, well, sorry, son, I can't. Yeah, you know, I can't. I, I can't afford that, you know. And um, you, it, it was right, you know, that the... the, the the, the game at Villa Park was was his last game as as a as a town player. He he obviously you know missed the UEFA Cup final and um, that game book, against Wolves. That game against Wolves I mentioned was his was his last goal. Um, last goal. I saw his I saw his very last game, which was the, I was so privileged, which was the very next weekend. And again, 
Um, we, we're away at Coventry. He plays left back and we win 4-0 at Coventry, yeah. which I think was his very last league game. I think he played the game against Wolves the week before, scored his last goal. And that was his, that was ultimately his last game for Ipswich. I mean, the, the sad yeah. thing is is that he, he made a number of appearances in, in the UEFA Cup that season. But the, the laws in the UEFA Cup back yeah. then were, if you don't play in the game or you're not involved in the matchday squad, you're not getting a medal. And it, there was a, a book that came out by Rob Finch. I think he, he was like the ghostwriter, the, the Kevin Beattie story. And then he yeah. started a campaign in, in 2008. I think UEFA had changed the laws on how, how medals were handed out and stuff like that. And he made it... And, and back in, you know, 2008, you know, beating this always makes me smile. He, he finally got his UEFA Cup medal Brilliant. and, you know, Brilliant. richly deserved. Um, didn't, he, didn't he also lose, did he have a fire or something and also lost his PFA trophy? Was that, was that a fire or something? There's a few things about his right. medals and caps and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. um, but then he got, he got a replica, he got a replica of that one, I think. I think David Sheepshanks was, was behind one or the other, yeah. either his UEFA Cup medal or getting his PFA replica trophy whatever he won for that yeah that first young player of the year but one it, of the things it, it almost it always seems so he was given that i think he was given the news that season you know after that season that look he's yeah. his basic career at the top level had finished and what i again did a little bit of research what i didn't fully um appreciate was he, he had a chance to go to norwich yeah yeah and um and the club the club forbid it they said no you know we'll pay you know i how that works, I don't know. Obviously, we're you know they're going to pay you off, whatever. Yeah. But you know, we're not we're not letting you go to Norwich. We'd rather keep you on or something like. I, I don't quite know how that all hung together. So that well, I think read between the lines, that left a little bit of a bit of taste, you know. But you he, could he, never he, see him playing for Norwich. Good God. Oh, not at all. Man, Can you imagine? No, not at all. And 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 Beatty never never would have done. Um, so no, obviously his last game was in April '81. But he actually, you know, effectively left the club in in July '82. You know, just before Bobby Robson left to go on now before we talk about the rest of his career dave um one of the things that we we touched upon was you know he only won nine england caps you know um you know look at it now you know you go back and read the stuff they were talking about that he would have won 100 caps and stuff like that now picking up that injury what what impact did that have um on the yeah. england side so he yes, never played yeah. at center back so no. like I said, when he first got in the side, it was Dave, the old Dave Watson and Colin Todd, both good players. So he, he played at left back. But just imagine he stays fit. So 1982 World, 1982 World Cup, he's 28. He's in his yeah. peak. So he, yeah. he's, just reti- he's just about to retire, isn't he? You know, from, yeah. So he, he's at his peak in, um, in, in, you know, the World Cup in, in, in Spain. And obviously Butcher plays. But So he's going to be playing, Christ, imagine, he's going to be playing centre-half. Arguably, Butcher's not going to be there because if he stays fit, Butcher ain't going to progress. He's he's just not. He's probably ultimately going to play for the town, hopefully, but he ain't going to progress to England yet because he's not going to play two left-sided because Beatty predominantly Butcher left. It's not going to happen. So imagine him playing in that team alongside who would have been Phil Thompson. Mills would have been right back. Shilton, Clements in goal. Kenny Sensum, arguably one of the best left-backs. You know, played 80-odd games for England. A left-back. Fuck. Just... Ridiculous, ridiculous. And then, and then you take it a step forward, another four years. He's only 31, 32. Uh, in in Mexico, imagine Argentina, Maradona. He, was, oh he, God, he would not, he would not have allowed that oh, to happen. Would he? It, it'd have been over the touchline, mate. It'd yeah. have, uh, Maradona would have been over the touchline. No question. He, he would have taken no, it. no, no prisoners. Staggering, uh, mate. Stag- and and you know, England missed out on that. And and just a shame that when he was, you know, we missed out. Okay, he ain't quite made his England debut. Missed out on 74. And again, even 78 when England missed out 
Um, you know, again, he was, by that time, as we know, he was struggling with injuries. They might not used to be in all the squads, but ultimately have to have to pull out. And yeah, he he, he just would have won. He would have won a hundred caps, wouldn't he? Because he would. He was a natural successor to Bobby Moore. So Bobby Moore yeah. was finishing. 72, 73 had lost it by then. We got knocked out by Poland. World Cup caller, you know, Bobby Robson, um, Bobby Robson, Bobby Moore never played again for England. And Beatty was just a natural successor. But um, it, nine it, times, it's, it's that, that is the real, if you look at it, that is the real tragedy. Yeah. In, in a parallel university, do you see um, Beatty, okay. Robson in Mexico, England winning the World Cup? <laughs> I understand that, but you know what? It's, it, who knows? You know, it's, it's it would have been great for Bobby crazy. Robson to be picking Kevin Beatty uh, yeah. as a as a centre half for England. You know, saying he's you know the sort of player he was, and how you know had it had he stayed fit, thirty two, he'd have still been playing. What was Butcher? What was Butcher in nineteen? Butcher was the same age in nineteen ninety. Yeah. He was playing in Luke Chambers and stuff like that. And I'm not comparing you, know, but I'm just saying. You know, but if, if you look at, but I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, age. The, the, the age of the player and how he can still play at, at the level that he he's if able only, to play. At. You know, he, he he played in that era. Look, and yeah. and you know, with the pitchers and the hard players, yeah. you know, in a hard yeah. hard era. You know, had he played, had he played more recently, you know, yeah. with with the advances in sports science and stuff like that, he could well have played till he was mid thirties. So he's he's a, we were agreeing that he was at least a hundred and twenty five million pound player. <laughs> In, well, in, he's, oh, yeah. easily, he's a hundred million pounds, but you know, going by today's mental prices and the player he yeah. was, and, and you've seen how everyone in the game has spoken about him yeah. easily. That easily, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> when he left town, Dave, um, he he went to Colchester, very small spell at, at, at Colchester, uh, three or four appearances he made for them. Um, later on that year, he then went I to. Believe, I believe Alan Hunter may have even been manager then. Alan Hunter may have even been his manager. I'm not sure. I might have got that wrong. But it was around about that time, Hunter went to Colchester for maybe, may not even stay the season, but around yeah. about that time and realised he just couldn't hack it. He couldn't hack it in management and said, no, yeah. and he basically walked away from walked away from football. I'm not sure. I might, might be wrong. But around about that time, Hunter was at Colchester. Uh, in Sorry 82, November in 82, he then went to Middlesbrough. So he was kind of moving With Malcolm further Allison. up north. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, only only four appearances, I think, you know, for for the club then, and then he he started, you know, playing for Ipswich well, United. Here's the thing: 1983 Sunday morning, I was playing for Bison's Ipswich Sunday morning, and I played against him. He was playing for Belstead Arms up front Belstead Sunday Arms, morning, yeah. and this must yeah. have been 83. He hadn't left Middlesbrough. He hadn't left Middlesbrough that long. Yeah. What, what, what were you? What was your thoughts when you were on the pitch with Kevin Beatty? I was scared, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pass me was, the ball. I was quite. A, I was quite a, um, a. I like to think I was quite a sort of bit of a ball playing show pony midfield player. So yeah. I sort of kept over to one side. He would have sorted you out if, if, mate, if he, he had legs. Out. He had legs. He had legs like this, mate. He's honestly. He still had legs like that. Oh God. And I think he played for for a number of teams, but some team at Harrigan Parks. Then he played yeah. for. He, he then went Blackburn, to Norway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Clacton as well. I, I think the the record that I've got is, you know, for him kind of playing at, at reasonable level was was Clacton Town. But I think you know he such such a such a fantastic career, but also you know is a career of what what could have been. Yeah. it is. It's, it's just it's, it's unfulfilled because of you know injuries robbed him. I mean. You know what, that he, he probably did, but because he was so fit early on, he, he you know he played all those games in the early part of his career. And imagine the frustration—not just the frustration from 
from from the manager but and the coaching staff wanted a player like that but out on the pitch but for him himself but but he, he never he never whenever you hear whenever you heard him on life's a pitch and and I, me and you have spoken to him about yeah. his career. He was never bitter about it. I never heard him no. moan about it. Never. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. He was, I'm not saying I, I was in his company, you know, met him two or three times. But And you'd ask him about stuff. And, and he was always, oh, yeah, you know, great times, lad. Great times, son. You know, never heard him moan at all, you know. No. And obviously, he, he then uh, moved into being a landlord of, of of pubs and stuff like that. Uh, Henley Cross Keys and the, Wave, the, the, the Waveney. Waveney. I remember... Me and my mates, we used to head to the Waveney and just drink in there, mainly because <laughs> the fact that we were getting a pint from Kevin Beatty. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, that's a bit off your patch, mate, wasn't it? The, the Waveney. Yeah, we, we, we got some lad checked the car outside the Waveney while, whilst we were in there. But yeah, we'd oh, go yeah. in there and, and, and see and see Kevin Beatty. It, it was fantastic. And obviously he then moved into his, his broadcasting. And he's been great to, to listen to him wow. and Mark Murphy on, on Life's yeah. a Pitch. Yes. Um, one of the things I wanted to do was um, read out a, a few tweets from... Yeah. For some, some fans. And there are some great stories. The one thing that I will say about Kevin Beatty, and this is what I absolutely love about the man, great games he played in, great goals he scored. He played for England. He lifted trophies and stuff like that. But also there was Kevin Beatty, the man who was very humble, that spent time talking to people and stuff. And it's absolutely wonderful. It, he? He There's a few, few yeah. tweets that come out. Andy Bryant. Um, well, one of the things before I go to, to Andy's tweet is the number of people who were of a younger age who were told by their dad, usually by their dad, but it could have been their mum as well, about how brilliant he was. And I yeah. think, you know, this was one of these stories that, you know, have handed down from generation to for generation. Me, so for me, to put it in comparison, it's like my dad, obviously a lot older than you, telling me yeah. about Ray Crawford and Ted Phillips. You yeah. know, that, that comparison, you know. Yeah. Andy Bryant said, uh, much has said, been said about Kevin Beatty as a player which I can't add to, but a personal memory I remember, and I love this story, as a young boy watching Beat performing a karaoke version of <laughs> 10 read CCs I read I'm this. Not In Love at a wedding we attended. God, it's no, shame there's no, uh, shame there's no um, phone footage of that oh, one. Oh, that would have been on, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. ITFC Ian, um, he said, as a schoolboy, I was on my stool, so many memories of him as a player, and he was a hero to me and my dad. He said, I met him a few times later in life, and I related how I idolised him. And his response was, I'm just an ordinary man. Not, you know, and he said, no ordinary player. Um, Amy Downs said, um, I'm devastated by this. So sad. And he managed one of the sides in the uh, Mason's Magic charity match a few years ago. And this is what I like about him. He could just talk to people. And um, he made, it was such a lovely day for everyone. He made them smile. And he took one look at Amy and said that with her height, that she should be in the Ipswich defence. And there are lots of these stories that people are going to go around. Right. A, a Leicester fan um, just said, you know, just came in and replied saying, what a proper footballer. You wouldn't catch him rolling about or, or fake an injury or, or diving for a penalty. Um, scrumpy Daniel, he met Kevin in the car park at Portman oh, Road. Yes, Long Daniel Hill. Yeah, yeah. Baxter in yeah. 2000. His dad took him over to meet him. He welcomed us with open arms, had a laugh and a joke, signed his shirt. Couldn't have been nicer. Being nine at the time, you know, Daniel realises that he didn't quite appreciate who he'd met. Uh, David Walsh, uh, so fortunate that my school days coincided with the legendary Ipswich Town side of the late 70s, and he played a massive part in the, in his success. Um, Nick Cully, uh, there's a good point you made here. He said, very sad. What a player. Were it not for injuries, he would have been as good as a centre-back as there ever had been. 
and should be mentioned rightly in the same breath as Bobby Moore and Franz oh. Beckenbauer. Oh, without question. Yeah, without uh, without start without question. And and I think we haven't we haven't spoken about it, but um, and we spoke about his relationship with Bobby Robson and stuff. And don't forget. Uh, you know, oft quoted in all Bobby Robson's books, and and you, you know you see it when he talks about the man and the man and the player. But he said, you know, I've worked with three players in my, you know, I've worked with three players in my management career: the proper Ronaldo, the first Brazilian Ronaldo, yeah. Yeah. Mario, and Kevin and Kevin Beatty. And he said, you know, it's not wrong to mention Kevin Beatty in the same breath. And then I think he goes on to say. You know, this is back, obviously, 10 years when Robson, nine, 10 years when he was still alive. He said, you know, I think he said this in like the early uh, early 90s, something like that, when he said that, you know, it's not it wouldn't be wrong to say that um, along with George Best, Kevin Beatty is the best footballer the British in, in, in the British Isles has produced in the last 25 years. Yeah. If if you've got the the Kevin Beatty story book, oh. um, if you should you should you should buy that, it. That, that is the book. That is that the, is the, book, the yeah. book. That is the it, brilliant book. I'm sure you can still get it. The the greatest footballer England never had, and that and Rob yeah. Finch, you're right, and it just sums it just sums it all up. Absolutely just brilliant. In, in the the last couple of pages of that, um, uh, BT lists like he his eleven of players that he's played against, and he played against some great players. But one of the things is we must remember that obviously he's played against George Best, and the but he did also remember an escape to victory um, oh, play yeah. against Pele because he was famously Sylvester Stallone. Um, sorry, Michael Caine's understudy and there's a great story going around that during um uh, escape to victory the the filming of it sylvester stallone came in and i mean was he was he doing rambo or it was he i don't he know would he, have been, he, he, he would have just done uh, rambo i think back yeah. Then, yeah. walks over to kevin Beatty and and kind of calls him out with an arm wrestle and the beat beats him I mean, you know just to say <laughs> i've had an arm he wrestle beats him, he beats him left and right doesn't he as yeah. well does he, apparently yeah but awesome. phenomenal um, yeah. One of the things I want to talk about, Dave, is you know fans and and the club and the media have been talking about uh, a lasting legacy of 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 Kevin's life, and we've had suggestions from uh, you know renaming a a stand. Uh, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, calling the the fan zone. I think that was uh, Mark Murphy's yeah. uh, idea. Yeah. You know, the, the the Kevin Beatty fan zone. There's also been comments about the the academy. Uh, there's been talk about statues. Uh, retiring the number six lots of different things now any any legacies there that you you'd like you'd be interested in i think you know you you, you see it at clubs i think statues you know yeah i think statues we've got statues and you know we've got statues and the managers i think yeah the fan zone's a lovely idea i think mark murphy yeah. came up with that even a stand you know you, you know yeah. these 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 um you know, you see all these different clubs with these, with you know, with the stands. So, yeah, certainly a stand, or certainly, certainly the fan zone. I think, uh, you know, everyone really acknowledges our greatest ever player, and always yeah. likely to be our greatest ever player. So, yeah, no, I'd love to see that. I think that'd be a fitting tribute to the man, you know, the player. With, without a doubt, I'm, I'm the same as you with regards to the statues. He does deserve a statue, but we kind of need to look at the players that have been involved in the club, you know, yeah. throughout our great history. And at some point, sadly, some of those will, will pass away as uh, well. And, and that's what, how many that's statues what, can you have, really? You know, and, that's what stat, that's what hit me today, you know, growing up with it and seeing the, seeing the you know, FA Cup final. He's the first one of that team to, that team yeah. to go. Albeit, you know, don't forget, uh, uh, by all accounts, he was given the last rites, what, about 10 years ago, wasn't he? Yeah. I know he had... Uh, pancreas, on it, pancreatic cancer, but pancreatitis or whatever it is, you know, the um, that affects pancreatitis, pancreatitis, I think, yeah, pancreatitis, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, I think, so we understand he was given the last rights then, and it was only because he was, you know, his his former, 
you know, fitness and stuff that I think pulled him through. But um, it's just really, for me really sad. The first, you know, first one of that, you know, 78 team, that great, that, you know, that great team to go. And um, yeah, just sad. Yeah. Two, two, two more stories that, um, that people, the, uh, one of them was sent to me by direct message and they didn't want me to, to mention the name. And it'll be quite clear when, when, when I expl- explain the tweet, but um, in 1981, this person was put on community service, clearly <laughs> been a naughty boy. Um, yeah. And he had to go to Portman Road to help clean for 12 hours a week for a year. Oh, that's a chore, wasn't it? Yeah. God, dear. Um, anyway, while he was there, the beat came up to him and said, what are you doing community service for at the club? And he explained that the reason he was doing it was because of football violence. But, hey, you know, this is this is the, 80s, the end of the oh. 70s. There was probably a fair bit of it going about. Um, yeah. And he said, Beatty put his arm around him and, 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 and laughed and said, I'll tell you what, meet you at the centre spot at 1pm. So he goes to the centre spot where he spends two hours playing pool with Kevin Beatty, <laughs> Johnny Walk and oh, Paul Mariner. That's the best story. That's the best story he of the said, day so far. What, what an honour. Um, uh, Nicola Wall, um, they, they knew Kevin Beatty and they asked if he would uh, attend to their wedding reception, but he was worried that he was going to take the limelight away from them for their big day. So he didn't turn up, but he sent them wonderful cards and stuff. And she's got a wonderful photo, which he's, he's signed as well. Um, yeah. But Matt Phillips is, is a great story. Uh, for eight years, Matt had organised the FA Cup draws for the, for the FA. So he used this privilege, right, to get Kevin Beatty into Soho Square on the telly alongside Sammy Nelson, you know, for like the 1978 theme. A few days later, a call came through from reception and they said, there's a guy called Kevin from Ipswich on the line and he wants to speak with Matt, the tractor boy. And we're guessing that's you. So the call came through and with it, that familiar voice, hiya, pal, it's Kevin Beatty. And in all those years that he organised a draw, Kevin Beatty was the only guest to phone up and say thank you. Gut right. he's gone. Can't believe it. Brilliant. And you know, for me, you know, what what a, a fitting tribute for for the man. We we could go on here for ages, Dave. And you know, when we look at you know future games in the history pod, Kevin Beatty's name will will pop up several times. You know, quite rightly a, a legend. Um, I, yeah, yeah, giant, I, a giant mate, giant of a. Giant of a player and a man as well, you know. Yeah, character, uh, everything. Yeah, he's given us many, many happy memories, and I, I've thought a few times about how I was going to end this pod. We need to do some housekeeping in a minute, but you know, rightly talking about Kevin B, you know, he he was a legend. He was. Yeah, I, I think I think quite rightly. I think tomorrow it's Brentford at home tomorrow. Um, I think there's going to be a minute's applause. I think. Yeah. Uh, by all accounts, which would be nice. Um. Yeah, it's going to be quite should be quite emotional down there. I think tomorrow night, to be fair. Yeah, um, I think you know I've, I've heard people saying that it should be a minute silence or a minute's applause. There's going to be uh, applause in six on six minutes for his shirt. There's going to be applause yeah. at 64, 64 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be lots of chanting for for Kevin Beatty. But I think you know, you you've said it before. There will never be a a, a player like Kevin Beatty play for Ipswich, and we should yeah. be thankful that he put on the blue and white shirt. Yeah, we were, and I said had it been not for that sliding door Liverpool station moment who who knows yeah. what way it would have gone you know incredible yeah. but um yeah start, I know it's well said and it's a cliche but yeah you, you'll never see you'll never see the likes of him um well and put you know not only for Ipswich I know that you never see the likes of a player like him ever again yeah and I feel lucky and privileged to have um you know been out to to have grown up in that era and seen well most well, all of his career all of it yeah you're very <laughs> very very lucky man Dave I you know. certainly are yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, I appreciate that. Uh, I just have to use this this moment just to do a little bit of housekeeping. Cause obviously, we've done a, a different a, a different pod this week. Um, for those who who are, take part and listen and watch the the Blue Monday Network on Friday, Ipswich and uh, Harry from Bath will be doing their excellent preview show of the the Bolton game on Saturday. Sunday will be the flagship show where Ben will be with. Um, we can't remember who's on it, Dave. We, we only get told a couple of days before who, who's going to be on on the show. Um, the following. Uh, Next week, we'll be back to this week in ITFC history. And maybe between the two of us, we can see if there's a, a particular Kevin Beatty game and we can go into so much. Sure, there will be. Detail. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. And yeah. One other thing uh, as a date for your diary on the 24th of November, which is after a home game. And I can't quite remember the home game at the moment. I think it's West Brom. I think West, West Brom. Brom yeah. 24th yeah. of November. If you're doing nothing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you're doing if you're a else. real loose end, yeah, um, there's going to be the Blue Monday live show. If you want to avoid Christmas shopping, that's the one. That's the one. That's go. the hook. That's the hook. Yeah. That the, the the Blue Monday live show is going to be held in the Curve Bar in, in Ipswich. So if you don't know where that is, it's just at the bottom of Street, uh, Princess Street and Civic Drive um, from 7 p.m. Nice. More details will will come out from from Ben and the Blue Monday Twitter feed about what that's about. Or if um, you've got seven o'clock, that takes the shopping out of it, doesn't it? Oh no. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. can I can I just say thank you to you, uh, Dave? First of all, it, it's always a pleasure to 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 listen to you, and you got some great memories of a player that. No, thanks, mate. No, and I think we should thank um, Rich for for what he did to put that vid. I mean, I know he he took Very an episode of what I said, but um, yeah, that really did last night. I was quite I was coping with it quite well till I had the first sort of look at that, and. Um, yeah, very apt, very, very well done indeed. It, it was uh, the, the choice Captured of, of, of song was what what moved me. Um, yeah. So I'd just like to say, you know, to Kevin's family, um, you know, we you're, you're in our thoughts and prayers um, and God bless Kevin. Yeah, you know, let's hope he gets a you know, brilliant send-off tomorrow at the game tomorrow and uh, undoubtedly probably Saturday as well, but certainly... Um, you know, certainly tomorrow, and um, yeah, let's hope we can get a win for him. That, that would That'd be, be awesome. nice, yeah. Whoever our number six is, let's get him to score a goal, leap <laughs> like a salmon, and run like a gazelle. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, cheers, Dave. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.